Welcome to another episode of The Caption Life, a podcast about how comics and pop culture impact life and society, and vice versa. Coming to you from a possibly haunted but freshly renovated fire station deep in the heart of Texas, I'm Kevin. And from Indianapolis to Circle City, I'm Sean. Before we get started with this episode, please hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, and follow us on social media under the username at Caption Life on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Reddit. You can also find out more information and past episodes at thecaptionlife.com. Awesome. Now, if you if you couldn't tell by my intro, the little subtle subtle hints of my intro mentioning the haunted, possibly haunted, but freshly renovated fire station, we are going to talk about Ghostbusters because there is a new Ghostbusters movie coming out at the end of the month, or I guess they're here later in the month. Ghostbusters Afterlife, which by all indications looks like it's something that I'm very excited about. Uh, so we wanted to take some time to talk about the franchise, but we wanted to do it with a spin. And so we have a special guest from Circle City Ghostbusters. CCGB is a Ghost Core recognized franchise based in Indianapolis, Indiana, currently boasting over 25 members. CCGB works on a local level with charitable organizations such as the Day Spring Center, Gleaners Food Bank, and the Children's Museum of Indianapolis to raise funds and awareness for worthy causes. Circle City Ghostbusters is available for charity events, but does not make private appearances. And meeting with us today is one of the members of Circle City Ghostbusters, Jacob Bartlett. Jacob, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Did we do you justice on the intro? You did. You did great. <laughs> and I appreciate the no private events parts because, yeah, I won't do another birthday party. It's, there's just been too many. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Sean can put some like spooky sounds behind it. So like on the yes, on the post that'd be awesome. so that so it sounds even more. I could go back and record it like Vincent Price. Ooh. Would you? No. <laughs> nice. I don't know. Like I don't know that I could do that on command. Actually, like in my head, I know how Vincent Price sounds like, but I don't think that I could like just spot on like do an impression. That'd be yeah. impressive if he could. Yeah, I can do a laugh like, <laughs> but that's about it. Nice. It was a, it was a good laugh though. Okay. Thank you for thank you for like at least you know helping me prop my spirits up. Yeah, because I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Normally with spirits, I don't prop them up, but, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sean needs a free shirt that says, Sean needs a t-shirt that says, I'll be your friend, but don't count on me for moral support. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm a silent friend. <laughs> or like no, no fake friends. It's important to set boundaries. I'll tell you when you suck. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, um. Jacob, thanks for joining the show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey with the Ghostbusters? And let's start off with what made you become a fan of the franchise? Oh, wow. I mean, so I was born in 1986 and I was the year that the real Ghostbusters started. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a lifelong thing for me. I I am. A, you, you can't see it here, but I've got a wall of uh, photos and stuff and one of them. Uh, it's all Ghostbusters related. One of them is me and my brothers at like a Sears or something when I'm like <laughs> four and and uh, we're dressed in Ghostbusters gear and my mom had taken us like we were obsessed when we were young. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that carried its way into adulthood and I, I never stopped liking it. And uh, eventually I started uh, cosplaying and uh, I kind of always told my friends that I was into it with. I was like, listen, uh, you know, I'll dress as, as whoever for now. But once I get this Ghostbusters thing done, that's the end game. I'm I'm out. Like I won't be doing anything but Ghostbusters after that. So by the right. time I got my uh, stuff together in that regard, I found out about the Circle City Ghostbusters. I've been following them online 
for a little while. Uh, and even before that, when it was Indiana Ghostbusters, I had followed them and, and checked out what local franchises were doing. And, uh, finally just asked to join one day, I mustered the courage and, uh, they said yes. And it's been a wild ride ever since then. Nice. Well, tell us more about uh, Circle City Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, what do you all do? What you not do? And how did how did it all start? Uh, well, it started as uh, Indiana Ghostbusters back in the day, and I, uh, I, a lot of those members have moved on. We still have a couple of them, but um, they they were just guys that you know were into they they built their own proton packs probably for a Halloween or something, and they decided to go out in public as a group and, and eventually it evolved into uh, being circle city ghostbusters. And it was more focused on the Indianapolis area. And that was around 2014, I think is when they rebranded to circle city and I joined in 2016. And since then, I mean, it's just been like, we, we really like doing charity work around the city to help out, um, you know, local causes, especially, but we'll, we'll raise money for pretty much anyone. We just like helping, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we're not too picky in that regard, but you know, yeah. I mean, we'll go to a con and and dress up and try to raise a little money or, you know, if, uh, someone's doing a fundraiser and they want a little something extra about it, they call us and we'll come out and mingle with guests or whatever they'll have us do. It's, it's always a lot of fun. You know, we, we just have a great time doing this stuff. It's, it's it's goes beyond just like regular costuming and kind of uh, a lot of us joke like, oh, well, we got to justify it to our wives that we spent, you know, a <laughs> thousand on a proton pack. And so we have to do do something with it. But right. it's it's a lot of fun and it's really gratifying. So I right. just love doing it. I don't know if I could stop now if I we wanted to. So right. when, when you do these things, do you stay in character? Do you, I mean, do you, Oh yeah. Do you- yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do. There's some people in the group that don't, I, I love staying in character and it's funny. We were on a WRTV six, which is a local news station mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago. And when they were interviewing a couple of the guys, you know, they talked about the charity stuff and, and they were really, uh, you know, being sincere. And then the, it was my turn to get interviewed and I was just hamming it up and acting like a jerk and pretending <laughs> like Ghostbusters was real and that this was a real company. And they did not use a lot of clips of me in the news story. <laughs> That's wait, all right. Though. Wait, so you guys don't actually bust ghosts? Is we that, do. Am I hearing that correct? <laughs> um, <laughs> we do. <laughs> if... If certain members of this group are listening, we do. <laughs> if what? other ones are listening, no, of course not. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> I can't tell you though, like how often people come out to us at cons or events, and they're like, "Does does this stuff really work? Are you guys like <laughs> legit?" And I'm always right. like, "Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely." That's funny. The last time that Sean and I were on the news at a con, uh, a lot of people thought we were uh, a couple. Yeah. Oh, that was full. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> We've been together. Well, and we both had our sons together. And so we hung out a lot. And, and of course, everyone's like, oh, you're such a cute family. And we're just like, thank you. I take the compliment, you right. know. You're very, well, you'd be a very handsome father. It's just, it was just as funny <laughs> yes. because because both of our both of our wives also believe that 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 we are each other's soulmates. Like, right. so, you know, it happens. And Sometimes we, you just. We kind of you got share, best friends. Yeah, that's the way it works. We share a hive mind from from fifteen hundred miles away, right? <laughs> well, it, and what's funny is is going back to the con. Like when people were saying that to us, I didn't even think about what they were actually saying. I just thought they were saying like, you know, we're a, a cute family. Like, you know, just 
two friends with their family, right? And I was like, oh, thank you. And then I think uh, uh, Kevin's son had to tell us, like, oh, yeah, they think your guys are a couple. I was like, oh, <laughs> that, that makes, makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know what? So, We're going to, like, we've, we've gone to uh, my family. We do cons all the time um, and have since 2014. My son's cosplayed as every Marvel and most of all the, all the DC characters and stuff like that. But uh, mm. Ghostbusters is always a big hit, no matter what um, con yeah. we go to. We love going to see them, like seeing Ghostbusters at cons. Usually everybody has like a really awesome, like very detailed, like proton pack. And mm-hmm. it's just a, uh, such an iconic like image that um, kids, kids of all ages get excited to see the Ghostbusters every time we're out. Right. Well, I mean, there's yeah. there's like no other look like it, right? Like, how many other uh, characters or franchise do you know that has like those kinds of, you know, gear and everything, mm-hmm. right? Not like it, they're very unique and, and stand out and everything. I, so, I will yeah, say, I, though, I believe it. I will say that I'm interested in getting a like a Ghostbusters jumpsuit, um, mostly mm-hmm. because like when I think about cosplay, I have to think about like what can I use it for like multiple times, and I kind right. of mm-hmm. want. I kind of want to get a Ghostbusters jumpsuit and then have it double as my jumpsuit so that so that Madden and I can be Barf and Lone Star from uh, <laughs> from Spaceballs. From Spaceballs, yeah. yeah. Like you do a mashup. Proportionately, yeah, do a proportionately, like like Madden and I are the perfect size. Like he's got the Lone Star look, and I've got the, yeah. the Barf look, and and we could pull it off. But then I could use that same jumpsuit as uh, as Ghostbusters jumpsuit. So right, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. I've uh, I've got a, a buddy up in the Windy City Ghostbusters named Bob who we we always try to pressure him into doing a Ghostbuster uh, mog there. That, but he won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome though. Well, yeah, if you're so, listening, we support it. <laughs> yeah, we're on board. Yeah, yeah. take lots of pictures. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a huge hit. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. But definitely. now that I'm now that you've mentioned it, like a Ghostbusters Spaceballs crossover as like Barf and. Lone Star were were actually Ghostbusters would would be a great um, a mm-hmm. great mashup costume. I think I would be. I think I'm down with that too. Oh, that'd be. Cool. Oh yeah, I'd click like on that post. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And then have Caroline, my daughter who's six, dress up as a Dark Helmet. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm into it. But with like the right. with the um, the the eye makeup, like the dark eye makeup underneath, like like she's. Um, Oh, no, we're talking about Ghostbusters. And I can't even remember the the bad guy from the first movie. Uh, Gozer. Yeah, Gozer. Yeah, yeah. The dark circles and everything. She would just underneath the helmet. She's Gozer. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so, Jacob, Ghostbusters. Um, th- this is actually a question I, I've been thinking about ever since I've heard about uh, Circle City Ghostbusters. But the name Ghostbusters, obviously, a copyrighted franchise, <laughs> intellectual property. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how your group is able to use the name with that being copyrighted? Yeah. Um, the, so in, I think it was in around in 2016 with uh, the release of Ghostbusters answer the call. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivan Reitman got his, his uh, studio ghost core founded. And um, one of the things that they did was that they kind of, um, I, what's the best way to put this? They, they kind of reached out to all the franchises around the country and um quote unquote deputized us uh oh, so it's wow it, yeah we we've got like a certificate that you know says that we're a, an official ghost core certified franchise and um uh they they support us in some ways like they've sent us a bunch of posters for the new movie to advertise uh, really recently Sweet. Uh-huh. um 
and yeah, they don't, um, they, they don't seem to, um, be too picky about how we, we use the name as long as we're doing good. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what we do. So, I mean, that's, you guys are like Ghostbuster Knights of the realm, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we really are. Very, I think that's exactly very honorable, are. very honorable. Like, you know, you go out on missions to, to like, yeah. save the soul of humanity. Really? I feel. <laughs> yeah. We're, and you know, we'll have a beer and a smoke along the way, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we're tired and it's our job, but we're like, I, you know, I'll save the world. I guess for money. I'm sure Arthurian. <laughs> I sh- I'm sure Arthurian knights had to stop for libations along the way. Right. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> um, what's your What's your favorite part of being in uh, the group? Oh boy, that's a big question. I I just love the you know the people that I do this with. I've I've made so many friends doing this, and they're genuinely amazing people. Um, and I've, I've got to meet people from all over the country doing this too, that, that also do this and even, you know, getting to meet people that were involved with the movies and stuff. I mean, it's, it's really just the connections that I've made are just, a lot of them are going to last a lifetime, I think. And, um, that's, that's definitely my favorite. That's awesome. So I'm kind of curious, is there any like requirements to join the group? I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of pockets of uh, Ghostbusters uh, like this in a lot of different areas across the nation. Are there any like requirements for your specific group or like national requirements for being a member of the Ghostbusters or even having a group like that if somebody wants to start their own? Yeah, I mean, if somebody started their own, I, I mean, they can really do what they want with it. For us, it's uh, that we... We usually ask if you want to join to come out to three events. That way a good number of the group can get to know you and, and see if you'd be a good fit. Um, mm-hmm. We ask that people have a jumpsuit. That's not like a Halloween store jumpsuit because we don't want to, you know, we want to look like we stepped off the movie set. We don't want to necessarily just look like we went to a costume shop and came out with whatever, right. you know, yeah. costume they happen to have that had a Ghostbusters logo on the arm. So, Right. Yeah, we, we ask that people have that and um, that they they at least have a belt and maybe a, a piece of gear or two. That's really not even necessary. Like, we don't even ask that you have uh, your proton pack yet because mm-hmm. we understand, like, that's a huge undertaking. And um, right. a lot of us in, in the group can even help with getting that kind of thing uh, made or done. So, um, yeah, it's really just like don't don't look like you came from a Halloween party and that, you know, <laughs> it looked like you came from the movie, like attempt to go for some accuracy in that regard and, right. and just hang out and be cool. And, and we'll, we'll let you in. I mean, it's, it's not too rigorous of a process for us. Right. Yeah. It seems very inclusive. I was going to ask about like what shoes you have to wear because like I have plantar fasciitis. <laughs> so like I wouldn't want to wear combat boots. So if you could totally wear new balances, then I, as long as they're black i think you'll be in the clear but you know okay i can order some of those no uh it does it (laughs) seems like a lot of fun like like Mm -hmm. i would love like i would love to be in a group i think more so i would love to like have the time to like be in a group like that um because when when we've cosplayed as a family it really is like a special experience to go and interact with people um at Mm -hmm. events and whatnot and um the, the kids love it. I mean, it's, it's really, really great. Um, it's a really, really great experience. And I just think like, um, 
it's a really, really the Ghostbusters seems like a really, really fun thing to do, like in a, a fun group of of people to hang out. But also something like when it comes to costume making, like you said, getting getting a decent jumpsuit and and putting stuff together is somebody something that like people without a lot of experience could could jump on. And then like mm-hmm. you know as you're as you're learning how to do these things, building your proton pack and things of that nature. So uh, it it seems like. It's like like hey, let's interview this guy with, about Ghostbusters, and you're like that's a that's a that seems like a, a fun thing. But then you more and more you think about it, the more like you talk about it, the more I'm like, man, this seems like it would be a blast. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, and you know now's a good time. Um, I, Hasbro is doing a uh, Egon Spangler proton pack uh, replica through Hasbro Pulse right now. Mm-hmm. They're taking pre-orders, and that's only like nice. four hundred dollars for the pack. He's, like they released a a wand last year that will go with it. Um, oh, cool! But yeah, if if you're wanting to get in and it have it look good and about as cheap as it's going to get, that's now's right. the time. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I love doing this. I the first time that I actually put on a full jumpsuit with a pack, I was with my daughter uh, Jennifer, mm-hmm. and she had, was like one and a half, and we had a little jumpsuit for her and a little proton pack for her, and we went uh, around town. We went to a Halloween festival and we went to the children's museum. And nice. a photo of us taken that day went viral. Like it pops up on my feet every now and then. People are like, "Look, it's you!" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a picture of my butt because I'm walking away in the picture, <laughs> and we're holding hands. It's a, it's a very cute picture, but it's just like, boy, <laughs> no one knows it's me unless <laughs> unless they know. So, but it's right. it's great. And yeah, cosplaying with family is is wonderful. My wife does this too. Occasionally, my daughters will join us. It's it's great. And they, it's always fun to go out uh, in a group like that. That's awesome. Well, um, speaking of, you know, the, the stories and experiences you've had as being a Ghostbuster, what's a, other than the one you just shared with us, what's like a really crazy or fascinating story that you have from your time being Ghostbuster? Oh, the, the number one standout story was when we got to go um, visit a summer camp at a homeless shelter with Ernie Hudson. Easily. Oh really? Yes. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, he was coming to town for a convention. I believe it was Days of the Dead, mm-hmm. and um, we had done some work with this homeless shelter called the Day Spring Center, which is uh, it, it's a homeless shelter that focuses on uh, families. Mm-hmm. And it was the summer, so they had a summer camp going on uh, for their kids, and uh, we got a hold of of Mister Hudson ahead of time, and you know, told him like, hey this is what we do. You know, we would love it if you could uh, be a part of something with us. And, and we gave him a list of, of charities and uh, he picked the day spring center and suggested to do a, a, a day where, you know, he goes out there and, and talks with the kids for one of their summer camp days. And mm-hmm. it was nuts. I mean, we, we, we set up like a slime making station and the uh, ghost course sent a bunch of posters that he was autographing and giving out to the kids and taking photos with everybody. It was it was a whirlwind. And he went back to um, L.A. and talked to Ivan Reitman. They both donated a thousand dollars each to the homeless shelter. And at oh, the con, wow. we raised yeah, at that con and at an, I think uh, one or two other cons that month, we raised like three thousand dollars total. So within a month, this homeless shelter got five thousand dollars and we got to visit it with one of the actors from the original film. It was by far like the coolest thing we've been able to do. No so. kidding. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. That does sound that. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Here we were expecting you to encounter a real ghost and you guys 
instead, that's what I was kind of expecting I, too. Yeah. Instead, though, you're, I talking mean, to, you're talking about being real heroes, and that's great. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, it was it was a very gratifying thing to do. It was it was wonderful. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever do anything that cool again in my entire life. <laughs> that sounds, that's awesome. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So. I think we should go around the uh, we should go around the room here, and uh, I want to know from Jacob first, but I think I'll get your take too, Sean. And what's your uh, mm-hmm. what's your favorite scene from a Ghostbusters movie or your favorite Ghostbuster movie? Uh, well, my favorite is definitely the first one, and I would say my favorite scene in the whole movie is when Ray and Winston are driving uh, the car, and they have the Judgment Day conversation. It just, it takes that movie, which is, you know, it's, it's a, this wonderful comedy and it really elevates it to the level of like sci-fi craziness that it, like that it becomes, you know, like Mm -hmm. at that point, it's not just a movie about some guys that go into a ghost catching business. It's like, these guys are superheroes and they're going to save the world. They're going to stop the world from ending. Right. You know, something, something bigger is going on than just. Mm-hmm. what the goofiness that we've seen up until now you know mm-hmm. yeah i love that scene that seems easily my favorite yeah yeah i think that scene was is just like what you said it really makes it um i think i don't want to say real necessarily but i think it gives it a more serious tone of it because i think you know up to a certain point it seemed not necessarily goofy, but like not as serious. But then when they start talking about almost like, you know, the science behind and everything like that, um, it, I think it just kind of takes it to another level when they start, you know, talking about, you know, how that all works and everything. So I, I agree with you. I think that's a really cool scene. So, yeah, I actually have more fond memories of of Ghostbusters 2 as a kid, probably because mm-hmm. of my my age Um and when I hear that all the time, yeah. By the way, like that. <laughs> some people just are like, yeah, I, I I grew up with two. I didn't even, you know, I hadn't seen the I didn't see the first one until way later, or I saw two first, or two was always my favorite. And it's like, yeah, I love Ghostbusters too. You can probably, I mean, I'm wearing my Ghostbusters two uniform right now. So, so. for right. me, it's an interesting mix of a couple of things. Number one, like my I grew up in a very religious family, so things like Ghostbusters were like it was too quote unquote too scary for us as kids. But I remember. <laughs> Um, uh, my my affinity for Ghostbusters two especially is very similar to my feelings about um, Superman four the Quest for Peace, which I think <laughs> they came out in the the same year, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, ni- well, 19- Ghostbusters two is 89. 89. Okay, so uh, yeah. Superman is 80. 87 so yeah uh so that that also makes sense because i was seven when when ghostbusters 2 came out um and so here's the thing it was on hbo probably a lot as a kid and um i watched it a ton right along with superman for the quest for peace and so Mm -hmm. like i i have vivid memories number one like i'm still kind of intimidated by uh by vigo um yeah like his face and the eyes and everything like it kind of freaks me out and number two is the the song that plays while the statue of liberty is walking into the city like yeah yeah your love keeps on on lifting me higher and higher (laughs) like i can't hear that song without thinking about that scene from the movie to me that's one of the most iconic uses of um of like pop pop music in a in a song i mean in in a movie um, right. so that like, to me, those are the things that, that stand out to me. And I think it's because I was born in 82. So like Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, the first one was probably before a little bit before 
my time. It was 84. Yeah. It was a little bit before, like right. I was, you know, when it was in my consciousness, uh, and yeah. Ghostbusters, I probably watched Ghostbusters two before, um, before I saw Ghostbusters one. Mm-hmm. The other thing that right. I love is the fact that the PKE meter has been used like in other movies <laughs> besides Ghostbusters. Yeah. So like when yep. you see it yeah. pop up or you see that trivia about it, like that's like, oh, I knew that. Check that out. Right. Yeah. 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 Like they live. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All stuff, stuff from the from the same kind of like general like time frame or whatever. But it's like they must have had either like those props are on hand at, at some back lot or they were a bunch of like toy versions that were made and produced. And so they were easy oh, yeah. to get their hands on. Uh, it was a, it was a prop house. Mm-hmm. Um, they just would rent out props. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Suburban commando comes along yeah. and says, we need a weird communicator looking thing. And <laughs> yeah. they, they grabbed the PKE meter cause no one was keeping track of that stuff back then, you know, right, right. nowadays <laughs> people, you know, like Disney has like a vault of props and stuff, but oh, they log everything. They were just yeah. like throw in a closet. Maybe we'll use it some other time. <laughs> where, where was that prop house when Qui Gon Jinn was talking into a lady razor um, in the Phantom Menace? <laughs> like right. somebody had to have something better than a uh, lady shaver, right? You, you'd have to ask uh, George Lucas because I. You know. Well, if George Lucas is making the decisions, there you go. Right. Yeah. That's a different. That's a different episode of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yep. Decisions made by George Lucas, a four hour conversation, <laughs> a two, a two part series. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, I have to say, so Jacob, Kevin, and I talk about this all the time and, and we probably mentioned this on this podcast, like so often that he and I are very similar and, and he and I met through Twitter. Like we didn't even meet each other. Um, until just like this past summer. And we've been doing this podcast for like two years now, but we met each other through Twitter and, and that's how we got started and everything. But we just talk about how similar we are. And I got to say, Kevin, you took my idea about my favorite scene is that statue of Liberty oh, yeah, yeah. scene. Yeah. But what I'll say is I'm going to give you my runner up. The um, newest one with the all female cast, I, I think is co- called Ghostbusters Answer the Call, right? Is that the one? Yep, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, I got to say, I actually really love that movie. I love Kate McKinnon in that movie because... Oh, sticking that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is like, she's hilarious. She is very smart. And just the um, kinds of, um, you know, quote unquote weapons that they come up with with, um, with that, that is just like completely, um, I think, um, innovates like how Ghostbusters can be from the, from the traditional stuff. Right. And I think it was just really cool. Uh, so I, I, I gotta give props to that movie. I think it was really well done. I hate to see that, you know, it didn't do well. I, I think there's, you know, a number of reasons why that is, but I think it was, it was done very well. And I actually really, really enjoy and love that movie. It's, I thought it was great. I mean, it, I think that people get too hung up on, uh, the fact that it's a reboot, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or, or a remake, like, like uh, you know, it'd been thirty years. The original cast obviously wasn't going to be able to get back together. Like, right, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, one of them had passed, and and I, I think it's interesting how they got hung up on that. But it's like all three of them showed up in the movie. I feel like if they didn't think it was a good idea, they wouldn't have shown up in the movie. You know, <laughs> so, I don't know. Hollywood's a weird place. It my, is. My yeah. thing is, is for me, it's like you know. Um, the existence of this new version, this new property doesn't do anything diminish to diminish the legacy of the thing that you love. So there's no, there's no need to, to, to trash it because it's not Mm -hmm. the one that you grew up with. You can just say, Oh, this is not for me. And then go back to loving ghostbusters one and two. Like nobody's, nobody's going to stop you. 
Right. Yeah. And in my mind, it's like, wouldn't you much rather have something that says like, this is a reboot. It's a completely different universe. And if then you don't like it, well, okay. Yeah. Then it doesn't affect what's going on with you. And you know, there was still Ghostbusters comics going on at the time mm-hmm. that were taking place during in the original universe and stuff. And it was like, so yeah, don't, don't like the reboot. Who cares? It doesn't affect the uh, original one. And it's like, I'd rather have that than like a really bad sequel, mm-hmm. right. you know, that I, I'd rather have that than like, you know, some other big blockbuster movies that are doing these sequels after so long that don't turn out so great. Right. Yeah. That's just me. You want to name drop one? <laughs> name drop one. Do it. Just say it. <laughs> oh, it's it's definitely Star Wars, though. Like, okay. I, 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 I mean, come on. The, that last Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker. That was a stinker in my mind. Okay. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> well, every, not, yeah, it, not to veer off. I, I just feel like that whole trilogy was just doomed from yeah. what's been happening. Because I think The Force Unleashed, personally, was a good movie. Uh, I mean, yes, it was very reminiscent of New Hope. But I still thought it was good. And then I think The Last Jedi, um, I, I thought it was, a, it was a good movie, but it was definitely... a went in a different direction than where the force unleashed or I'm sorry, I keep saying the force unleashed the force awakens. Sorry. Force unleashed was a fantastic video game. Yes. I'm, it I'm, was, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know, I went in a different direction. I think it was still good, but it was just kind of like, Oh, okay. It's like, so it went from like, okay, this is odd. Then I think JJ Abrams just tried to bring it back to what it was for the force awakens. And it just became this really weird ending of a of a trilogy that everyone's just yeah. like all right whatever <laughs> yeah you could just kind of tell there wasn't a plan you know a, a yeah. lack yeah lack of a big picture yeah yeah so yeah you know, I, I so yeah in that regard it's like yeah i, I guess i would have preferred a, a, a reimagining or a reboot or something that was its own separate thing but that being said now we're getting a, a big sequel to ghostbusters too so right yeah <laughs> hopefully that's good i find out mo- uh, next monday not this monday oh, but you, the one after do you get to see oh, a, nice. like an advanced screening of it i'm going to a uh, a premiere event in new york city oh yeah. fancy pants uh, wow that's dope. awesome i know they they uh, that was another thing that ghost Corps did they they invited a bunch of their franchises out to to come to new york city and do that so uh it's really exciting. Like we're, we're really happy that we got invited and everything scrambling. I'm like, how much money can I spend on this? (laughs) My wife, you know, right. Are you going to go in costume? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You guys just all file into the theater. Like that one time that a bunch of Eminem lookalikes appeared at the VMAs. Like you just guys all show up. It's going to be exactly like that, but with proton. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Do it. You know, one of the the thing that before we because we're going to play a game, but the uh, the before I wanted to get to that, I, I as we're talking about this is like bringing you know my childhood back to me. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about how like Slimer became this like um, beloved character uh, over the course <laughs> of the last thirty five years now. Um, mm-hmm. But he's like hideous and and really really gross. But <laughs> I guess through the cartoon, right, and the and the yeah. and the mm-hmm. high sea ecto cooler. They made Slimer like a a like a beloved like character he for, a, for a series mascot. Yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah. yeah, like it's, a pet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so to to me, it's so weird because like you look back on it, and you know some of it, some of it is like the age of like the the visual effects, like mm-hmm. from the time period. But he looks grotesque and like not appealing whatsoever. And then somebody's right. mark, grand marketing idea was like, we can sell this and. <laughs> Let's put him on oh. juice boxes. 
Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was great. I mean, uh, but my favorite story about Slimer is uh, there's a documentary that came out recently called uh, cleaning up the town and they're interviewing Steve Johnson, the, the guy who sculpted him. And it's like, they apparently he got a call and they were like, we want Slimer to be reminiscent of John Belushi. And he's already done the mold <laughs> and the sculpt and everything. And he's like, Oh God, what do I do? And so the next day he just shows them what he already have. And they're like, that's perfect. Great. That looks, <laughs> it reminds us so much of John. <laughs> And it's just like, well, that worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Netflix has a series called the the movies that we love, and I think the second mm-hmm. the second season of it has um, the story of like the Ghostbusters on it. I know I watched the the I know I have I, I love movies. Uh, I just don't have a lot of time, so I would like literally watch right. all of these things about um, <laughs> like the backstory of movies. I watched the 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 movies that made us. That's what it's called. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Thank you, intern. Um, <laughs> the movies. I'm that cutting that out, by the way. So that, you're gonna edit that out. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> you almost appeared in the podcast, Maddie. Your help was duly noted. Um, no, but like I love movies. I love the stories behind them. I loved watching the episode uh, that I watched on Home Alone. Um, and so, like, I the the backstory of it all like is great. And and I teach a class on digital arts and media. So like, I want my kids to like like you guys go home over the break and. And pick one of these things to, and you, your your homework is to come back and tell us what you learned about the making of this, about of this movie. So like those 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 behind the scenes stories, like I really really love them, and, I, and I'm gonna sit down over Thanksgiving and Christmas and watch the episode on Ghostbusters. Yeah, I definitely recommend um, checking out Cleaning Up the Town. I think it's on Sony's uh, Crackle service to watch. I think it's on there to watch for free right now. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. <laughs> but that was it was like Kickstartered, and uh, they actually it was like one of the last interviews Harold Ramis did about Ghostbusters before he passed away. Like mm. they've been working on it for a really long time, so it's it's really cool. I definitely recommend that. Sounds good. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up this this episode of the Caption Life. We are going to play a little game because you guys, if you listen to our episode, you know that we we like to play games with our uh, our guests, and so I've created one that is called Ghost Busted, and <laughs> and the the this game is it's called Ghost Busted, a mostly true game of twisted tales. What's going to happen is I'm going to describe to you a a, a strange death of, of a person in history because there's a lot of a lot of people in throughout history, who have died in very strange ways. I'm going to explain to you guys the story of one of these deaths and where their ghosts can currently be found, like where they haunt. And you're going to tell me whether or not it's true or whether or not it's false and that it's ghost busted. Does that sound good? Sounds good. I'm going to pitch yeah, you against it. each other. It's okay if you agree. It's okay if you disagree. We're just doing this for fun. No, it's not okay if we agree. Okay, you know what? I'm going to tell you <laughs> I, I, I have five questions so that there would definitely be a winner. gotta have an odd number okay so this is how it works first one is uh adolf frederick the king of sweden and i'm going to read about how he died and you tell me is it true or is it ghost busted king adolf was a well-known philanderer during his time as the king of sweden from 1751 to 1771 and was known to have taken many mistresses one such lover was hilda the young and beautiful wife of one of the palace guards bjorn gustafsson Feeling betrayed by his king, Bjorn plotted to kill the king by having his food poisoned. Unaware of her husband's actions, Hilda ate the food intended for the king and died suddenly. Both King Adolf and Bjorn would later commit suicide in grief over the death of the woman they both believed to be their one true love, 
and now they both haunt the grounds of the royal manor looking for her spirit. Is it true well, or ghost busted? That's totally metal for one. Um, and uh, But uh, I'm going to say true. That sounds true. That could be true. I am. I'm going to say ghost busted. It is ghost busted. Yes. Sean, you're up one by for one. Sean. <laughs> Jacob, I should warn you that um, the link, that was the, brain, the brain link that Sean and I have kind of like when we play games with people, Sean, Sean like knows that. And we have never, we haven't talked about this yet, but it's like Sean Not, always has like this neuro like link to me. So, so you're telling me is that the deck is stacked against me. Probably. Um, and, uh, so the that was are, such an elaborate story. Did, did you make that I up? Totally or is that that from up Let me tell you the real story. King Adolf Frederick actually passed away. On 12 February 1771, after consuming a particularly enormous meal. At this dinner, he ate lobster, caviar, sauerkraut, and kippers, all while drinking copious amounts of champagne. This was topped off with 14 servings of his favorite dessert, semla, which is a type of sweet bun which he liked served in hot milk. This astonishing amount of food was enough to end the king's life, and he remains one of the few rulers in history to have eaten himself to death. <laughs> what a way to go. I mean, I guess if you have to die, like... You know, gorging yourself on delicious food. I take that. You know? <laughs> right. Yep. That is insane. Here's <laughs> here's one that you guys may be more familiar with. Grigory Rasputin. Mm. The Russian mystic and healer and society figure Grigory Rasputin led a life which was almost as unusual as his death and still haunts the royal palace to this day. The Russian royal family hoped Rasputin would use his alleged powers to heal their son who heal their son who suffered from hemophilia. He quickly became a powerful figure in the Romanov court. Fearing Rasputin's influence over the royal family, a group of nobles and right-wing politicians conspired to kill him. First, they poisoned Rasputin with cakes and wine laced with cyanide, but these had no effect on the monk at all. When Rasputin still showed no signs of ill health, the shocked nobles shot him in the chest with a revolver. Thinking him dead, they approached his body, but Rasputin leapt up and attacked them then fled into the palace courtyard. The nobles pursued him and shot him again, this time through the forehead. The conspirators wrapped, his, wrapped up his body and dropped him into a river just to be certain they had finished the job. Is it true or ghost busted? Do I have to go first this time or can I, I copy I can the go, mental Sean's in the lead. Say. Sean, you should have to go first. Yeah, yeah I'll go first. I'm going to say true because I feel like I've heard that story before read that story before so i'm going to say true yeah i'm i'm also going to say true uh just because yeah i, I mean rasputin's legendary you know there's even that song that about him so right it, it is true now i realize too i've got to <laughs> hide my facial expressions behind my um my mic screen so that you guys can't tell if i'm if i'm lying or not because i'm a good writer yeah, but i'm not a good poker player oh that's all right. I can't really read faces either, so I don't think it matters for me. Yeah. <laughs> one point for me, though. Okay, so it's two to one. Here we <laughs> on go. The board. Next, on, yep. next up on the list, Harry Houdini. Eric White's, better known by his stage name, Harry Houdini, is remembered as one of the greatest magicians and escapists of all time. On October 31st, 1926, Houdini died while performing an escape trick he'd previously performed hundreds of times. Mystery surrounds his death as the chains he used in the escape appeared to have been tampered with, causing him to drown in a tank of water while on stage. For nearly 40 years after, performances held at the Detroit theater in which he met his demise were plagued with mysterious accidents and claims of supernatural occurrences. Many believed it was the ghost of Houdini himself. 
true or ghost busted? Who goes first this time? You're still in the lead. You got to go first. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say true. Or I'm sorry. Ghost busted. Sorry. Ghost busted. I'm saying true. I'm just going to say true for all of them. <laughs> it's not true. I'll tell you that. The 50 50 chance. <laughs> this is ghost busted. Yeah. He actually did die on October 31st, 1926, but he was killed by a college student's punch. The student mm-hmm. had seen Houdini's act where he received multiple blows to the torso without reacting and attempted to replicate the trick by viciously punching Houdini. Unfortunately, he did not give the magician time to brace for the attack, and it, the punch ruptured Houdini's appendix, killing him. Jeez, killer yeah. sucker punch. Yeah, what a way to he, go. He was, he was known to do that, if I remember correctly. Like He was known to like have people punch him in the stomach and show like he has no reaction to it. And huh. I think, you know, he that that's why the college student did is like he kept hearing about this. And so that's why he decided to do it. So, but yeah, that's how he got that's how he died was was getting sucker punched in the stomach. So, man, Ugh, what a way to go. I know. <sighs> Not this as is, good as eating yourself to death. No, I think I should have <laughs> saved that one because that one's probably the best one. That's like an uplifting <laughs> yeah. one. It's just like, wow, that's you could have tied that one into Slimer. True. I could have. <laughs> That was a missed opportunity. Maybe Slimer is the ghost of King Adolf Frederick of Sweden. Oh, that would That'd be, be cool. a good backstory. Yeah. There's, there's debate around Slimer's backstory. We come up with ideas on the show all the time that we should pitch. Like if you've got a <laughs> if you've got a really? Sony email address, yeah. uh, Jacob, we would love to like forward that on. <laughs> yeah, I'll send. I'll send it. <laughs> okay, next on the list, Attila the Hun. Attila the Hun was the leader of an enormous tribal empire who sacked the Eastern Roman Empire and invaded numerous Western territories. That part's definitely true. Okay, I'm not I'm not fibbing on that. <laughs> Known for being a fierce warrior, which no mere mortal could best, he was struck a fatal blow on a battlefield from an arrow of a stable boy trying to protect enemy horses from capture in 453 A.D. Attila's younger brother continued the siege of Western territories for another 10 years following his death, and there are accounts of soldiers in the field who claimed Attila's spirit continued to rage against the enemy in battle due to the shame of his less than noble death. I'm going to stick with true. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Ghostbusted just because I want to give Jacob a chance, but I would say, like, personally, I think that sounds true, too, but I'm going to say Ghostbusted. It is Ghostbusted. Oh, I am so sorry, man. I seriously thought it was true. I'm doing it to I myself. Until <laughs> the Hun was the leader of it was he was the leader. That part was true. However, he did not die in battle, but from a nosebleed after celebrating his marriage to his new wife in 453 AD, he got a nosebleed and in his drunken stupor choked to death on his own blood. Hmm, Again, man. not as good, not as, as, good eating as eating yourself to death. death. Nothing's ever going to be as good as that. <laughs> that's uh that's embarrassing. All right, last one. <laughs> Let's see if you can uh, salvage a little um, like Ew. personal respect. <laughs> okay, last one. Queen Sananda, Queen Sananda uh, of Siam, modern day Thailand, and the consort of King Rama V. She drowned in 1880 when her boat capsized on the way to Bang Pa In Royal Palace. Dozens stood and watched her while she drowned, as touching a queen would have been a capital offense, even if they were to save her life. The area of the river where she died is still considered sacred ground, with many fearing they will encounter her ghost if they enter the water there. I have to double down on true. 
I have to. Like if I if I give up on true now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's I'm the, gonna say true as well. It's the yeah. answer to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this one actually is true. That is a true story of Queen Sananda of nice. Siam. I kept it to five because like for time purposes, but we could have played ten rounds of this. There was some truly, truly disturbing stuff. And plus I had mm. a lot of funny backstories that I could have replaced the real things with. <laughs> so <laughs> Is there anything awesome. funnier than just getting a nosebleed and dying? Though yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, but but you know what? When I was actually writing the backstory that of the fake King Adolf of Frederick, I realized mm. that like maybe I was onto something here, um, and I should <laughs> I should save that as like a story that I should write later on because like both men dying and then haunting the the grounds looking for the spirit of their their one true love. That sounds like. Like a young adult novel that would make a lot of money if um, <laughs> if they turned it into a, a really bad oh, movie. Just go ahead and write it's, it and see what happens. Why, I mean, you can self-publish yeah. these days. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, if you listen to the man. podcast, I came up with this idea at 8.59 <laughs> p.m. Central Time on November 6, 2021. It is trademarked and copywritten by me. I am the sole shareholder. I guess that technically hey, this is our <laughs> podcast, so I have to split it with Sean. And and Jacob, you were here to, at the beginning of it. I'm a so. guest, so I will take money. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like it's not going right. to be a lot, but like if there's some, that's okay. Some, I'll take uh, any money you want to give me. <laughs> I don't even know if legally if this is binding either. <laughs> Did, <laughs> like right. like you can always go back and say you know this is proof that we had the idea, but I don't know if like you saying it's trademark and copyrighted makes it trademark and copyrighted. No, I, I think you have to legally file for those yeah. things in order to yeah. make them. Well, doing it's not like, yeah, it's not like the office when, when Michael Scott's like, I declare bankruptcy just by saying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, saying it is better than just doing nothing. <laughs> There's going to be a movie I'll in give like you that, yeah. five years. That's this exact plot. And you're going to be like, son of a, and then you're going to see I'm the producer. Madden, my way Madden the still bank. contends that he came up with like the idea for what show? Like Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan season. Yeah, Jack Ryan season two. Huh? Madden says this was all his idea, um, but somebody else, somebody else had it. I guess at the same time. Yeah. It's kind of like how the concept of zero was invented, or was like came up with in cultures like all over the world at the same time. Right. Yeah. Madden. Madden came up with like the plot of Jack Ryan two all on his own, and he was ten. <laughs> so that's exceptional for a ten year old to be that creative. Yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. should he should at least get be a, very proud. He should at least get a story credit. <laughs> those residuals <laughs> that's what everybody like i don't necessarily need my name on it i just want the checks that come in the mail once a month <laughs> yeah. well right. jacob thank you for joining us tonight to talk about ghostbusters this has been a lot of fun uh before we let you go uh can you please tell us maybe where uh our listeners could find circle city ghostbusters or you uh online yeah uh yeah we have a website if you go to uh, CircleCityGhostbusters.com that'll uh, lead you to everywhere that you need to go that's got all of our social media links um, but on Twitter we're at CC Ghostbusters and if you want you can give us a call at 317-983-2368 and uh, please give that number a call because we have a very fun voicemail message after the show so that we can call it yeah. yeah, go ahead. No one will answer, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> it, won't be a, it won't be an awkward thing. There was, I had a moment the other day with another franchise where I was 
doing a design for them and uh, they had a phone number and I called it because I was like, well, I wonder if they have a fun message like us and someone answered and I was like, ah, uh, wrong, <laughs> wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's great. That is That's awesome. Great. All right. That wraps up another episode of The Caption Life. We hope you enjoyed listening. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button on whatever major podcast platform you listen to us on. You can also check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Caption Life. If you like what we're doing, give us a shout out and tag us in your posts. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, please visit thecaptionlife.com. Until next time, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters.